Thank you. Thank you so much for joining me. This has been a long time coming. I started Trust the Journey in January of 2018, and uh, I aired my last episode in April, uh, to be exact, April 19th of 2018. And then it went silent. This episode has been a long time coming. In fact, um, the Lord has truly placed me on a journey. When the Lord gave me uh, this vision to start a podcast, um, like I stated, it was in January of 2018. And I knew for absolute certain that it was the Lord. And the reason I knew that is because having a podcast or doing a podcast was completely out of my scope of expertise. Um, I knew that there were areas that I was good at uh, performing or good at doing. Having a podcast was certainly not one of them. I had at that point in time gone through some major counseling to handle some, you know, behavioral issues and, and um, childhood issues. And so the Lord was definitely peeling layers up out of me, layers off of me, should I say. And um, I was sitting at my dining room table and I remember coming back from a counseling appointment, just saying, Lord, what in the world is this all for? What? is the reason for all this. Why have I gone through so much in my life, but yet you've allowed me to survive? What is it all for? See, I've always been a person that's wanted to help others in some way, shape or form and um, encourage others to walk through areas of their life that um, have been, you know, troublesome. And so in that moment, the Lord had shared with me, you're going to start a podcast. At that point in time, I had no idea, like I said, what in the world to do with a podcast. But um, it's funny how the Lord placed everything in order for it to happen, even down to the name of Trust the Journey. I started, I, I went for it. Um, I gathered people by the leading of the Lord. I would pray about it on who I would invite onto my podcast to share their testimony, uh, to encourage the listener to listen to the testimonies of individuals that the Lord had brought through some very fiery times in their life, all for the listener to really see Jesus in the details. What I didn't know is that the Lord was going to shut that podcast down so that I could continue to trust the journey. And over these last three years, um, the Lord has definitely been true to his word that, yeah, Tish, you need to trust this journey. There's a lot that has happened over this last three years, but I'm telling you with absolute certainty that Jesus was in the details. And he had to push me into an area of uncomfortableness, uh, removing some of the things that I felt were certain in my life in order for him to transition me into the next phase of his calling upon my life. The Lord chose to heal my body and I'll save that for another day. I, I struggled with a long time illness 
and really was not concerned wholeheartedly about the Lord uh, healing me. I come to a place where I was just, I'm okay. You know, if you choose not to heal me, Lord, on this side of heaven, I'm okay with that. But the Lord said otherwise. And I'll share that story for another day because there's so much around that. But after the healing, I had to go on a journey to really understand fully who Jesus really is and what he means to me and how he has truly shown up and shown out in my life. And with that, I had to go to a place of uncomfortableness. So over this last year and a half, I've had to face some things about myself in order for the Lord to use me uh, to the fullest, not in whole, not in part, but in whole. And um, it's it's been it's been a challenge. But I tell you, coming through the other side of this fire, I can't hold back in not sharing the goodness of the Lord. I had to realize that there was some damage that I caused to others, whether I knew or whether I did not know. Sometimes my behaviors um, caused so much damage, but I know now that it was definitely a protection. I had to protect myself. And so the Lord had to take me on a journey and he removed so much from my life not just um, around me, but within me. He had to place the mirror upon my face so that I could see every bit of me. And on this journey has taken me through several different stories throughout the Bible, but today he has placed it on my heart to take you to Matthew 5, starting at verse 25, and we're gonna take it through Verse 34, through this, he has shown me my unhealthy cycles. And I hope that this encourages you to identify maybe some of your unhealthy cancerous cycles that continue to place you on like a rat wheel where you just keep going round and round. I know a friend of mine always says going around the mountain. So I've kind of coined her little saying that we keep in our sin going around the mountain. So let's, let's talk about the unhealthy cycles. Do we have situations in our life that is causing a death? Maybe not just a death, six feet under kind of death, but maybe a spiritual death. A cycle that is just not productive. If I could, let's start with Matt, or excuse me, Mark 25. Again, I apologize. Mark 25, not Matthew 5. Mark 5, verse 25. If I could just get that straight. Please understand that I am doing this just raw, totally by the leading of the Lord in my obedience. And again, this is another area that he is growing me in my uncomfortableness. So Mark 5, uh, let's back up and go to verse 24, starting there. 
And he went off with him and a large crowd was following him and pressing in on him. A woman who had had a hemorrhage for 12 years and had endured much at the hands of many physicians and had spent all that she had and was not helped at all, but rather had grown worse. After hearing about Jesus, she came up in the crowd behind him and touched his cloak. For she thought, if I just touch his garments, I will get well. Immediately, the flow of her blood was dried up and she felt in her body that she was healed of her affliction. Immediately, Jesus perceiving in himself that the power proceeding from him had gone forth, turned around in the crowd and said, who touched my garments? And his disciples said to him, you see the crowd pressing in on you and you say, who touched me? And he looked around to see the woman who had done this. But the woman fearing and trembling, aware of what had happened to her, came and fell down before him and told him the whole truth. And he said to her, daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your affliction. There's so much to be said about that. As I look at verse 24, we see that Jesus, he went out and where he was coming from, Jesus was on his way to see about a dying little girl. In verses 23, you could see that. If you take a, a look back, uh, verse 23, he was going to heal um, a, a young lady, a, a little girl that was dying. There's one thing I want to point out here. Notice in your life that when God calls you out, you will encounter many things. I like to call those divine interventions. I know for myself, the Lord called me out. And along the way over this last year and a half, there, has been, there have been so many divine interventions. And sometimes I would see immediately that it was, it was the Lord, it was Jesus. And then there were other times that I spent so much time condemning myself. But if you notice that in these details here, that it is in verse 25, a woman, now, I wholeheartedly feel that when God gives his word, he gives every detail. He doesn't waste any ink. Why is it that he did not name this woman? I think back um, a few chapters back when he encountered blind Bartimaeus. It's funny, blind Bartimaeus had a name, but this woman here, for some reason, she has no name. She is an unnamed woman that has had an issue for 12 years. The Bible doesn't state exactly where this bleeding is coming from, but we as women, we know that the hemorrhage, this is not just a, a normal period. This isn't a normal menstrual cycle. She was hemorrhaging. And I know that I've given birth to children and there is um, a point in that procedure after you've given birth to a baby that they need to make sure that the bleeding is at a normal rate. 
So what this tells me is that maybe this woman had given birth. I'm not sure. We don't, we don't know exactly why she was literally hemorrhaging. This is where it is a lot of blood nonstop. Uh, you women know, we know what this is. This is not just a normal period. I just wanted to kind of like draw a picture of that. And this hemorrhaging had been going on for 12 years. I know that women, you can relate that when you are having just a regular, normal, you know, menstrual cycle, you're experiencing, you know, cramps and headaches and backaches and not only that, a hormonal imbalance where one minute you're crying and the next minute you're mad and flying off the handle. Could you imagine experiencing that day in and day out for 12 years of your life? Well, this woman was experiencing that. Not only that, this woman would have spent the last 12 years basically isolated. In Leviticus, it, it tells us that you know, a woman like this would have been deemed unclean. She would not have been welcomed into society. Uh, she, if, if she was a married woman, she wouldn't have been able to be around her husband for fear of um, defiling him because of her uncleanness. She may have, um, like I said, been a mother who had given birth. And after giving birth, this bleeding just became worse. So that means she wouldn't have even been able to be around her children or her child. She would have been isolated. And 12 years like that, 12 years in that state, I don't know about you, but I would be utterly depressed, utterly depressed. So, you know, when I think about this, I think about myself. Over this last year and a half, in the beginning of this, I had to ask myself, what have I been diagnosed with? And I'm not talking about a physical diagnosis. I'm talking about a diagnosis that was keeping me from drawing near to Jesus. For me, I know it was fear of people, of hurting people or being hurt by people. Because like I said, I've done some damage, damage to people that I I'm not proud of, but in return, I have also been hurt by people. Um, not only that, I've condemned others and, and I've been condemned by the pointing out of sin. The pointing out of that sin, whether it was um, intentional or not, I've been diagnosed with uh, not drawing near to Jesus, not looking at the wickedness and the depravity in my own heart, knowing that I have a desperate need for Jesus and it just can't be a part-time need. It needs to be a daily need that I need to run for him. I need to kneel down before him. And my diagnosis was just that. It was a diagnosis of the heart, a heart that needed Jesus. I possibly have, could say that I, it was a misdiagnosis in some areas. Have you ever allowed somebody to misdiagnose you? And what that look, looks like is, have you allowed an unqualified person to speak out against you 
from their own personal pain. I know I've done that. And I've also, I know that I've also received that. That I have been spoken out against where it's come from someone else's pain. But one thing that I know for certain that when you're experiencing that, that speaking out, um, when someone is approaching you um, in the love of Christ, trying to walk alongside of you, God will always send qualified people to speak to you about your issues and how you know for certain that it is, is a messenger from God is you will know the difference because in the pain of receiving that information, because it's painful when we hear something about ourselves, it is wrapped in love. There is no condemnation. It will never contra contradict God's word. In his word, we see that there is no condemnation, that we are made new in Christ. Can I just take you to Ephesians 2 really quickly? Let's go to Ephesians 2. I just want to share this. And please understand that I am just being obedient in this. Um, the Lord is just guiding me every step of the way. Let's see here. All right. Ephesians 2. I want to start at verse 1. And you were dead in your trespasses and sin. Paul is saying, all of us, we were, we were dead. We were dead in our trespasses and sin, in which you formerly walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, of the spirit that is now working in the sons of disobedience. This is for all of us. I know that I don't, I don't miss that. Let's jump to verse four. But God. And I mean, but God, not man, but God being rich in mercy. It's his mercy we fall upon under because of his great love with which he loved us. Even when we were dead in our transgressions, made us alive together with Christ by grace, you have been saved. That's. That's something that I just really had to rest in for myself, that it is by his grace, his mercy. I want to jump down to verse 10. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand so that we would walk in them. So when you can think about yourself, I know I had, like I said, I had to rest in this. God will always send qualified people to speak life into you. We are his workmanship. We are his workmanship and we are created in Christ Jesus for good works. So when that individual is coming and disqualifying you through their own personal pain, speaking into your life, that's something that is contradicting to God. I need you to hold on to verse 10. You are his workmanship, created in Christ for good works. Not only for good works, but they were prepared beforehand so that we would walk in them. 
Oh, thank you, Jesus. Let's go back, if we can, back to Mark 5. I want to go to verse 26. And I'll, I'll rush through this, but I want you to just soak it in because this is really about trusting the journey. This is where the Lord has taken me and trusting the journey. Verse 26. And had, she had endured much at the hands of many physicians and had spent all that she had and was not helped at all, but rather had grown worse. I have to ask you, because I know I've had to ask myself this, what have you placed your hope in outside of God only to be disappointed, only to be disappointed? Sometimes we feel like if man can't do it or if man has disappointed us, then guess what? God's going to disappoint us. God can't do it. I'm here to tell you, God is far greater than man could ever be. His ways are definitely not our ways. After hearing about Jesus, she came up in the crowd behind him and touched his cloak. It's so often that I have placed myself in, this, in the shoes of this woman. I've been diagnosed, misdiagnosed, diagnosed by others, misdiagnosed by others, even misdiagnosed myself. I have walked in a depression, a depravity for 12 years, not trusting in what God has planned for my life. I have wasted much time investing in man in a, in a way that was not productive where I should have been taking it to Christ. I have been in a crowd like this woman, been in a crowd and been invisible. Have you been invisible in a crowd? Sometimes we can be in company, but being in that company doesn't always mean that we're surrounded in company. Sometimes you can be in a crowd or with people and be isolated. This woman was isolated. She could, she could not tell those individuals like, like blind Bartimaeus who was hollering out for, for Jesus. He was hollering for Jesus. This woman had to go into this crowd and, and be, um, be silent because of her, her ailment of 12 years, her uncleanness. She had to do something that would have been completely out of, of the norm in those times. How often have you had to just remain silent so that you could just get before Jesus, so that you could reach out and touch his cloak? You have been in that crowd where you have been invisible. But the thing about this woman is she had to do something that was out of the norm. Her, she had to change her thoughts. I ha, I, she had to change her thoughts. In verse 28, it says, for she thought, if I just touch his garments, I will get well. We've had to change our mindset. I know that I've had to. I've had to change my mindset about Jesus. And this is where this woman has encouraged me. 
she thought she changed her mind. She was in pain. The pain was inevitable. There was no doubt about it. But her suffering, it was no longer an option. So I ask you, is your pain right now, whatever you're going through, is it going to be inevitable? Yes, yes, we're going to endure many sufferings. As long as we have made the decision to walk with Jesus, we're going to share in his sufferings, that pain. But how we choose to do it in our sufferings, we have choices. That's the option that we have. She changed the way that she thought. I know over my time, over this last year, I've had to change the way that I've thought, not only about myself, but about the circumstances, about people around me, people that um, I've hurt, people that have supported me. My thought process had to change, but more importantly, my thought process had to change about who Jesus says I am. Just like this woman and everybody else that was in that crowd that was pressing in on Jesus. They had heard of his good works. They had heard of his miracles. They wanted a piece of it. Why should this woman be excluded? Why should you be excluded from getting close to Jesus? Because people have deemed you unclean, unworthy? No, change your thought, get close to Jesus. And immediately the flow of her blood was dried up. Immediately the flow of her blood was dried up. Jesus perceiving in himself that some of his power that was proceeding from him had been touched, had been tapped. He turned around, he didn't turn around to condemn her. This is the love of Jesus. He wanted to know who had that much boldness to just reach out and seek him. She did, this woman did. He looked around to see the woman. Remember her, she had no name. And this is the beauty, we jump forward. We jump forward in the scripture. Oh, our precious, precious Jesus gave her a name. He said in verse 34, he said to her, daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your affliction. He gave her a name, daughter. Jesus has given you a name. You are his daughter. And no matter what you've been through, no matter what you've seen, what you've done, what you've experienced, he's the one that you can bow down to and he can heal you. If he can do it to me, he can do it for you. But more importantly, if I could just go back, there's one thing that she needed to do in verse 33. But the woman fearing and trembling, this is the reverence of, of God, her, her revering him, aware of what had happened to her, came and fell down before him and told him the whole truth. That convicted me because I had to fall down before my Jesus and I had to tell him 
the whole truth, that I was a liar, that I was a manipulator, that I was troubled for 12 years, for 12 years. But I knew that there was one thing, that Jesus, Jesus, I was his workmanship and that he was going to continue his work in me. But she had to tell him the whole truth. Are you going before the Lord? Are you going before Jesus and telling him the whole truth so that you may be healed and made whole? She did. She did. She told him the whole truth. And he gave that unnamed woman a name. She was his daughter. You are Jesus's daughter. And I don't care where you've been, what you've done. He loves you. And he has prepared a way for you. And in, through your story and through your life, I don't care what it is. If you so choose to take up your cross, and before you take up your cross, you must empty yourself. You must die to yourself to take up the cross and follow behind Jesus. I encourage you today that in my brokenness, the Lord is still faithful in using me. And in the things that I've shared with you, being total transparent, coming to the realization of, coming to the realization that he can use my brokenness, he can use your brokenness for his glory, for his purposes. It is all a part of his plan that he predestined before you were even born. I want to thank you for taking this time to just open your heart and receive. Thank you so much for listening and come back. Come back next week. I'll have another episode. God bless.